Good morning. This summer and fall, I was given the gift of a sabbatical by you, the congregation. And my time away truly was a gift for which I am thankful. I will share more about my sabbatical next week at the Adult Forum. That this time away for rest, renewal, and reflection was like water for my soul. My inner introvert was fed for most of the three months I was away. And I realized that this part of my identity is often ignored or put to the side as, as I live out my call in working with children and youth. This intentional time away allowed me to be present to what was in front of me and provided me the space to listen to what God is up to in my life. I was reminded once again of who I am in Christ and to whom I belong. Belonging and identity are the reasons why I think I am drawn so much to the Isaiah text right now. For me, this promise is a reminder that God is fully present in my life now and in my life to come. This text proclaims that the word of God truly does endure throughout all generations. The Israelites were in exile and had been for many, many years. Over the generations, a lot had happened to them. The fall, in the fall of the northern and southern kingdoms, they had experienced the Assyrian Empire conquering their land and the Babylonians holding them captive. They were a displaced people, and Isaiah was sent by God to comfort Israel and remind them of God's promise to them as God's children. In Isaiah 43, we hear God speaking, Do not fear, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Catholic priest and theologian Henry Nouwen framed the text in this way in his book, Life of the Beloved, and I find it a beautiful reminder of God's promises. I have called you by name from the very beginning. You are mine and I am yours. You are my beloved. On you my favor rests. I have molded you in the depths of the earth and knitted you together in my mother's womb. I have carved you in the palms of my hands and hidden you in the shadow of my embrace. I have looked at you with t infinite tenderness and care for you, a care more intimate than that of a mother for her child. I have counted every hair on your head and guided you at every step. Wherever you go, I will go with you, and wherever you rest, I will keep watch. I will give you food that will satisfy your hunger and drink that will quench all your thirst. I will not hide my face from you. You know me as your own, and I know you as my own. Nothing will ever separate us. We are one. God was one with Israel. God was their creator. God formed them from, their, from the very beginning. God was present in their lives during their exile, their wanderings, and even the times they turned away from God. God persisted because God was calling them to be in relationship with God and with their community. They were companions on the way together and would be guided back home. I'm sure they had their doubts because life for them was pretty scary at times. And the people of Israel probably felt abandoned. 
How could they trust and have faith that God would be with them after all of these years? But they knew the stories of their ancestors, the stories deeply rooted in their hearts as people of God, as God let them pass through the waters and their captives were drowned. They crossed the River Jordan into the Promised Land and the stories of a pillar of fire leading them by night through the desert and a bush that burned on the mountain that was not consumed. God was reminding them of where they had come from and was speaking directly to them as loved ones, as God's own children. And God was going to redeem them, deliver them, and call them by name. In Isaiah 43, we also hear a message of hope and promise to the modern and postmodern reader. Who am I? Where do I belong? What makes me worthy? These questions speak to the core of our identity as Christians. Through baptism, we are named children of God, and our full identity is not just in our individual roles as parent, teacher, sister, brother, you name it, but in God's identification that we are all precious in God's sight and honored. And as much as society tries to tell us otherwise, our sense of belonging, our identity, comes not from the acceptance of our peers or the status and opinions of the groups in which we are part of, but from the one who claims us and will never let us go. What makes us worthy is not our individual achievements, whether we drive the right car, live in the best neighborhood, have a well-paying and high-profile job, wear the trendiest clothes, have the latest tech gadgets, or even what school we attend but it's God's gracious love in which our identity lies. And yes, this is sometimes hard to grasp, this idea that we belong to God. Because when we leave these doors on Sunday morning and are out in the real world, we often hear messages of, you aren't good enough, or buy this to make you thinner, prettier, or more muscular. Just walk down the halls of our schools or check any social media account and see what our youth and our young adults are up to, are up against. Then there are daily messages of, in the news of fear and distrust in other people, cultures, and religions. We are surrounded with words and images of hopelessness, pain, destruction, and loss. To break free from these messages of the world lately, I've been listening a lot to musical artist Lauren Daigle who can be heard both on mainstream and Christian platforms. And in her song, You Say, she reminds me of what God's promises are to us in the everyday life and in the midst of the messages we hear. She writes, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again of just who I am because I need to know. You say I'm loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I am weak. You say I'm held when I'm falling short. When I don't belong, you say I am yours. And I believe of what you say to me, I believe. And the only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. So with this countercultural message, we turn to Christ. And not just on Sunday mornings, 
but every day to hear the promise of being called and redeemed and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the living God, who is present and given to us in the water and the word through baptism. Through baptism, we are redeemed and called children of God. Jesus also received his identity through baptism. While praying, the heaven opened up and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. A voice came from heaven saying, You are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Jesus was called the Son of God and was identified alongside damaged and broken people who needed God. And he didn't have to, Jesus was baptized with everyone else, and Jesus was baptized like us. And he didn't have to be because he was God, the incarnational Christ, fully God, fully human, without sin. What did he need forgiveness for? Which is why I think his baptism was more than that. It was about the relationship between a father and a son. It's also, I believe, about the relationship that God wants to have with us as well. In an article in Living Lutheran, local pastor Karen Bates Olson brings it home for me. In baptism, we are brought into a family, the church, the body of Christ, the communion of saints. We have the whole body around us and about us, our brothers and sisters, the baptized. They belong to us and us to them. They are called to whisper the promise that we are one with each other, even when life divides. We are in this together. And as each time we say here in baptism, we welcome you into the body of Christ and into the mission we share, joining us in giving thanks and praise to God, bearing God's creative and redeeming word to all the world. At baptism, we are brought into community, into the community of Christ, and are not alone. Jesus wasn't alone either. He was surrounded by those gathered to hear John the Baptist, but more importantly, God was present, just like God was present to the people of Israel as they were brought out of exile. Jesus is named and claimed by God, and so are we. So I invite you to remember this as you leave this place today. Your identity, first and foremost, is that you are a child of God. You have been delivered and redeemed from all the mistakes that you have made and all those that are yet to come. You are called by name to go out and to share the good news of Christ as you seek justice and peace in all that you do. But remember, you don't go it alone. Christ walks with you, and we are all companions together in this greater mission. And finally, you are loved, not only by God, but by others in this body of Christ. Because you, my child, are beloved, and with you I am well pleased. Amen.